Happy holidays. Welcome to another episode of SMX Insider. We are your insiders. Jason Wygant, Daniel Blair here. Hope you got everything you wanted for Christmas. I got something I didn't expect. My kid from Santa got Monster Energy Supercross 5, the video game for Xbox, and I did not realize that meant that Daniel Blair, your voice, was going to be ringing throughout the hallways of my house the last three days. Thanks, dude. I just want to apologize to everybody who is having to hear that right now as the kids uh, finish unwrapping their gifts and put the game in the console and begin uh, an assault on their parents. That's why the game exists. So sorry, Jason. Yeah. I apologize for that. But hey, I'm excited too. I got a big gift this year, uh, a giant calendar so I can stay organized. And on January 7th, there's this big race coming up. It's called Anaheim One. Pretty excited about that. Race Day Live obviously kicks things off midday. And of course, the racing on Saturday night is going to be incredible. And Jason, this year, all 31 races of Super Motocross are all in one home, one location. You can catch every single race this season in one spot. All 31 Super Motocross World Championship events can be streamed domestically. That's here in the U.S. on Peacock. To subscribe, go to PeacockTV.com slash sports slash Super Motocross. And for the fans of Super Motocross, they'll have a chance to watch it all year long on Peacock, NBC, and USA Network. And for the international fans, you can join in the fun by getting the Super Motocross Video Pass. Go to supermotocross.tv to purchase access to every moment of the 2023 Supercross season, the Pro Motocross season, and of course, Super Motocross live events in one place. Plus, get over 800 plus hours of archived races. Okay, that's definitely cool to be able to stream everything. I still think it's cool to have the video game, not the Daniel Blair voice part. My kid made me and him be Jet Lawrence in a 250 race on the video game the other day. That's the riders that everyone wants to see. So let's get hyped up here for Anaheim 1. Jet Lawrence will be there in the 250 class. But look, we basically talk 450s, Daniel, when we go to Anaheim 1. So our first 30-second board topic this week is that Anaheim 1 hype. Is it too early to start saying this is the year, like 12 guys can win races? That's normally what we do. I think we come in that way always. We come in with yeah. you know, 10 to 12 could do it, but then it always ends up being four, five, or six. I think last year was five. So I don't know what your magic number is this year, but I can tell you right now there are three guys who I expect, uh, more than expect, to win races this year. That's Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson, and Chase Sexton. So anything past three will be a cherry on top for me. Look, this is the assault on Cooper Webb, the two-time Supercross champion. I had this big controversy on the Racer X preview shows I did with Mathis and Jason Thomas that everyone's putting Sexton way ahead of Webb. Are we saying that Webb winning a race this year is not a guarantee because he didn't win one last year? That's like crazy to me, but he didn't win one last year. I That's where I'm at. If I would have seen one or two last year, then I would say it's automatic, but because he didn't have any, uh, I'm going to ride off the 2022 season. I think it will be better, um, but to get a win in this class is really tough right now, so uh, it's, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, and then the other thing, this is why that Anaheim one thing's so cool. All the wild cards that we think are going to win, uh, Malcolm Stewart, Dylan Ferrandis, maybe Marvin Muscan sneaks one in. Aaron Plessinger's yet to win a 450 race. He needs one. You just start going down that list, Daniel, and that's when the eyes start to grow wide. Oh, my gosh, eight, nine, ten guys can win. Ferrandis, I don't know. I don't think people are thinking of him enough. He could do some damage. Well, I'm actually hearing that he's really, really happy with that new model Yamaha, and he's riding well. And you have to imagine that he's really motivated this season for a number of different reasons, just mostly to, to bounce back. So when you mention him and you mentioned Malcolm Stewart, he was close a couple of years ago in the mud. Uh, Barsha's won the opener a bunch of times. Marvin yep. won the opener. So, yeah, you get to this list of riders that were maybe shouldn't be counting out. If you're going to count them in, maybe Anaheim 1 is the race you count them in on. They, they've been successful there before. 
Oh, I just love to throw in the extra names like that because, yeah, we know everybody's thinking Anderson, Tomac, Sexton, for example, and then you throw in a Barsha, Ferrandis, Marvin type name, and that's when the mind starts to boggle. Yep. Uh, we got some breaking news here, but not of the good type. This is our next topic. Christmas Eve, Bud's Creek Motocross Track that will have the race August 19th in the Pro Motocross Championship. Iconic track, uh, I guess with heavy winds. I spoke to Tim Cotter of MX Sports Pro Racing. Power lines fell on their barn. That uh, Most fans that have been to the track know of that barn. It lit the place on fire. So the barn burnt down. They lost some of their equipment, one of their skid steers. Uh, but it didn't affect the track, and no one was there. No one got hurt. They'll rebuild. Uh, shout out to Ezra Beasley and David Perrin, who run that place. But uh, bummer whenever you see damage to a motocross track. Yeah, I always go back to the the, the people involved and, and make sure that they're okay and that they're safe. So that's good to hear. But um, they'll rebuild. I mean, that that track, is it's iconic on the schedule. We've got a long time till we get there. So at the end of the day, they'll be okay. But I always fall back on making sure people are safe and, and okay. And that seems to be the, seems to be the case. Okay, so uh, we've covered Anaheim 1 upcoming. We have uh, the Bud's Creek fire that just happened. But I think, Daniel, just as exciting this year is the launch pad for next year. We saw so many riders switch teams for 22, and that led to so many changes in the results. Not a lot of change for 23, but contract year is coming. Most deals are going to be up, like all of them, going into 2024. I think this will be one of the more fun off-seasons we've had because there are so many guys that are not signed for 2024 and I know a lot of people right now are thinking, why are you talking about this right now? We haven't even kicked yes, off 2023. Yes. The reason why is because we're already hearing rumors out there that Chase Sexton, who I feel would be the, the prize to get in the offseason, is already in discussions and maybe even more than that for his 2024 contract and beyond. So as early as this may seem, it's really right on time because the – Chase Sexton obviously would be the first shoe to drop in this scenario. So um, again, the season hasn't started yet, but we have to watch this entire year knowing that most guys are in a contract year and that does play a role in the results. It's, it's no question. It does every single year. Yeah. It's the weird thing. They never officially announced the teams until October 1st. So we won't officially hear about a team switch until October 1st, 2023, but they are negotiating. Some riders will be signing in January. So it's two things going on the racing and the signing. And then the other way this works is those big puzzle pieces, right? When you move the big chessboard with the biggest probably pot of money, which might be Sexton, it affects where everybody else goes. So the next rider on our list is Cooper Webb. His KTM deal, they only gave him a one-year extension for 23. Will he stay? Will he go? I would think the first couple rounds of the series probably determine a lot of that. I think it does. And again, Chase Sexton plays into that because what we've heard online, it's gotten out there a little bit, is that he's had the discussions with the KTM team. So if you are KTM, are you ready to move on from Cooper Webb and start uh, that next generation? Have Chase Sexton be the guy that, to hold the torch across the finish line. Uh, he's obviously, in my opinion, the most valuable because he's 23 years old. He's emerging in this class, in, in a class of riders who are in their late 20s and 30s. So Chase Sexton is the prize. And if he does go to KTM, like we've, like we've heard rumors of, what does Cooper Webb do then? Does he stay there and it's a power punch of two guys? Or does he go back to the Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing team where he's got, you know, a, a home from the past? So he is the next piece of that puzzle. And it all depends on which Cooper Webb you get. Do you get the 2019-2021 championship version of Cooper Webb or the 2022 version that struggled? So I think you're right. January will tell the story on Webb, but where he goes... I I think it's pretty wide open. I think Honda would be the furthest one, at least from the brands that he would be uh, potentially going to, but keep an eye on what he does with KTM and keep an eye on the Yamaha team. Yeah. So I'll give you an idea how complicated this gets, right? So 
if Webb stays at KTM, let's say Sexton does go there, then what happens to Plessinger and Muscan? If Webb goes to Yamaha, then maybe Plessinger and Muscan can stay. But I've also heard that Starr has reached out to Sexton. So what if he goes there? Or what if Sexton stays at Honda? It starts affecting six, seven, or eight riders, which is what makes it so interesting. We'll just run a couple of for instances here. Dylan Ferrandez, you're telling me Yamaha did extend him for 23, but probably only for 23 so far? That's the last that I'd seen online was that he was extended through. Now, we got to caveat this with, we don't always hear what's happened and what's not happened. We have to dig pretty hard to get the information. So has he been? I, I, these are new code secrets. I know. Yeah. I know. It's so secret. I know. Yeah. So has Ferrandis been extended past this season? We don't know. So the last thing I've seen is that he would be done this year, which makes him a free agent. Uh, and he's still you know, in his late 20s, still strong. He has a championship to his name. Uh, multiple 250 titles so he would be very valuable but where does he go in this scenario if you're Yamaha and you lose out on Sexton and say Tomac does retire at the end of the Supercross series would you rather have Dylan to continue on that relationship or would you rather have Cooper Webb come back home so you see how the pieces are starting to uh, have a problem fitting together it, it again it all starts I think though with Chase Sexton well, it already happened there at Star because they don't quite have room for Justin Cooper to race all 17 rounds of Monster Energy Supercross. They're part-timing him because they have Tomac and Ferrandez. So you see how keeping riders affects a different rider. Now, fans are probably freaking out because the next rider on our list is Jason Anderson. He's been great at Monster Energy Kawasaki. He has a home. Why is that even a topic? Well, he has a two-year deal. Obviously, if he does great this year, he'll probably want to come back. But what if it has a, a year like Webb did last year? He doesn't win any races. Anderson's deal is up at the end of 23. Yeah, and I think if you look at him as a person, I think loyalty is going to come into play there. He was so loyal to the team that he rode for before. Don't forget, that team was a Suzuki team. They were a KTM team, which he won a 2 yep. Supercross title on. Then they went to Husqvarna, and he stayed through all those changes with that team. And then eventually he did move on after a really long run there. But now he's with Kawasaki, a place that I think he's super happy with. Obviously, his first year with the team was insane. So I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see them wanting to go anywhere away from him as long as he's competitive. And then one more piece is going to change. Eli Tomac keeps saying he is retiring in May. He's going to race Monster Energy Supercross, and he's out. So that's why there's so much change. You have one of the highest profile riders. His slot, his salary is about to open. And that's why this becomes so intriguing for the future. It actually changes everything. If Eli comes out in like March and says, you know what? I'm really having a good time and let's get an extension going. That actually throws this oh. whole thing into chaos because now Yamaha's interest in Chase Sexton, is it still there? I, I think it should be. Chase is the future of the class. But if Eli wants to stay, then you just let him stay at Yamaha, right? You don't, you don't steer off of that. So all of a sudden now Yamaha's out of the picture. So then KTM becomes the heavy, heavy favorite for Chase Six. And then where does Webb go? And then where does Dylan go? And it, it's it's actually very chaotic because of two people, in my opinion. Chase Sexton and his emergence in the class, then Eli Tomac becoming an all-timer and not knowing his future. He says he's done. We thought that last year. He resigned. So uh, a, an absolute mess that will solve itself out throughout probably, again, the first 90 days of 2023, which is nuts. Yeah, it is. It's just the way it works. Uh, that's really exciting. A couple things we do have we can mention here that are actually locked in our specialty events. We'll get more in depth with this, but uh, these are always cool little touch points throughout the 17 rounds of uh, Monster Energy Supercross. Uh, the St. Jude race, which is really a cool mainstream thing. Every fan always says, I want the sport to grow, be mainstream. You've been involved in the ground floor of this, Daniel. It is the chance for the celebrities, so to speak, of this sport to do what celebrities in a lot of areas do with St. Jude. 
Yeah, I love this event. It's probably my favorite one of the year because it does have a huge impact on people in this world that are suffering in ways that maybe we're all not. So, uh, and again, the riders being involved, I think is the key to this whole thing. The graphics, the gear, that's all cool for the auction. I love that part of it. But their willingness to say, hey, today it's more about racing or more than just racing. Um, and to have St. Jude, this partnership continue to grow. Again, I say it every year on Race Day Live. Shout out to Ryan Dungey for kicking this thing off. It's growing every year, and it truly does have an impact. Yeah, we have a new shirt coming this year that you can get. We'll have more on that in a moment. Let's talk military appreciation race. We're going to move that from traditional West Coast stop in San Diego to Tampa here on the east. And what I think is always cool about this is the gear, the graphics, all the riders, even in opening ceremonies, really get into this to support the troops. Another one where the riders are involved and their their involvement makes it special. And for me, I always think about Eli Tomac on this race, having family in the military, his brother. Uh, I, I just think it's really cool for us to celebrate what they do for us to keep us safe and allow us to be here doing what we love. And again, it, it touches personally when you know that one of the riders, a star in the sport, has a family member who's you know very, very extra important on that day for him. He mentions that every year. Um, one more thing, the KTM Junior Supercross Challenge. This is tradition. Guess what? My kid's not only playing the video game this year, but he's now eight. So I've got him entered. Hopefully he gets into one of these races. You experienced this with your son a couple years ago. I did. Houston Supercross. My son, Evan, got a chance to race the KTM Juniors. Uh, that was a tough night for me because I was working. So I was on the floor doing my job. My wife had to actually do the whole thing, and she's not she's not one of those types of moto moms. So there were some things that happened that night were less than ideal, uh, but it ended up being okay. He got on the podium, got second, and uh, an incredible experience all the way, though, top to bottom. These kids are full-on factory riders for the day. You get to hang out with the KTM riders and get to live it up, fly in, and, and, and be factory riders. And at the end of the day, one of them gets to win and stand on the podium. And it's, uh, I mean, it's an incredible experience that we're very good for. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming both on and off the track in the Super Motocross World Championship and soon, because Anaheim is almost here, let's go to our big interview with Sean Brennan, who is senior PR for Supercross and maybe the busiest guy in the industry this time of year, because Sean, it's coming and fast. <laughs> Boy, you are right, Jason. It is here. I'm already starting to have those 4 a.m. freakouts in the morning. It is coming. Anaheim opener is right around the corner. Well, Sean, you and I get to work together during the season, doing the press conferences, preseason, postseason, during season. What's it like for you? I have to imagine that's a big challenge. It is. It is very challenging. And, you know, we'll, we'll use your favorite team, you know, the Cowboys, as an example. Arlington is a fantastic uh, city for us, and we have been racing there for a very long time. Uh, but media moves on. And, you know, we are a sport that does not have a home team. Uh, every, if you're a sportscaster or a local writer in one of these markets, you know all of your sports teams and, and the folks behind, uh, you know, the scenes that, that run it. Uh, but we start fresh, you know, a lot of times because of the changing media landscape uh, that is ever happening in, in media and in our sport. Yeah, that makes it tough. But what is cool, uh, you guys have started to develop a lot of specialty events, and they do in some ways mimic what some of the other big sports leagues and even celebrities do. So just mention a couple of these events that are coming up that put a little extra spotlight on the sport. Yes, no, thank you for that. We have a couple really neat things planned for next year. And, you know, I'll, I'll start with, you know, the Anaheim opener. You'll definitely see Tommy Lee and Alex Van Halen running around incognito 
uh, as well as some other celebrities. But the second Anaheim is typically our celebrity event uh, where we will be hosting uh, celebrities there. That will also be our kickoff uh, to our new St. Jude text to donate campaign. Uh, and then military appreciation, different on uh, the calendar this year. We're actually going to have it at our home race here in Tampa. And then round 14 in East Rutherford will be our This Race Saves Live event uh, where all of the athletes and teams uh, use patient-inspired artwork on their gear and bikes. And then, of course, all of those items uh, will be donated into the St. Jude Supercross auction, which will run the final two races of the year. Oh, yeah, a lot of great stuff, and it all goes to a good cause. you got text to donate going as well, starting in Anaheim 2? Yep, starting in Anaheim 2, and uh, we've got a brand-new moniker. It is Love Moto Stop Cancer. Uh, and for fans that uh, music fans, uh, country music is the only other – uh, entity, if you will, that has that moniker. So St. Jude, uh, and thankfully for our fans and athletes and the entire Moto community that has gotten behind this, they've given us our own slogan. So love Moto, stop cancer in 2023. Us and country music, the only ones that get customized slogans. Uh, the for only Saint ones. Jude. That's cool. All right. And uh, as you mentioned, Anaheim coming up, got some uh, ways for fans to get hyped besides our show. You got a preview show. You got a, a live webcast. Talk about everything that people can do to get up to speed for A1. Well, most importantly, New Year's Day. Everybody should be glued to their television set. NBC at 5 o'clock Eastern will be the Super Motocross World Championship preview show. Uh, and that will be live on NBC as well as Peacock. And don't forget everything on your desk, Sean. There is going to be a live stream of the press conference Friday before Anaheim won. Daniel, you know anything about that? I know a little bit about it. I'll learn the rest from Sean. He's the uh, he's the master behind the preseason press conference. So uh, we'll be ready to go on the on the Friday before Anaheim. Okay, lots of exciting things, Sean. Really, everybody says they want to grow the sport. Thanks for all you do, including the four a.m. mornings and really early Friday at the racetrack and every venue to help do that. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Daniel. And we'll see you soon here in Anaheim. Yeah, can't wait. And we will give you a little preview of the January 1st preview show for the Super Motocross World Championship right here. 31 rounds spread over the course of 10 months that will test every athlete's will, all leading to the sport's most coveted title and biggest prize. And we are back. Anaheim, main event. It's on. Super Motocross World Championship is absolutely awesome. It's a 31 race series, 10 months spread out through the year, leading to a three race playoff championship, world championship. And I think the fans are absolutely going to love it. Ah, yes, nothing better than the raw emotion and the anticipation of round one of Monster Energy Supercross and the new Super Motocross World Championship. You can watch that preview show in its entirety doesn't get better than this. Sunday, New Year's Day, NBC, 5 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, New Year's Day on NBC. Enjoy all of that excitement. and But that's just the emotional part. Let's get into the actual data behind that excitement. The head and the heart. We bring in Clinton Fowler, our stat man. And I think the biggest story coming into this season, there's only one high-level rider that made a team switch and 
beyond that, it's something old that is new. Ken Roxon switching back to Suzuki for the third time in his career. So, Clint, we bring you on. Give us some stats. What jumps out to you when you hear Ken Roxon riding yellow again? Yeah, lots, <clears throat> lots of critique on on it switch to Suzuki in in yellow Weege. Um, but for me, I look at the stats. The stats say he's had tremendous success on a Suzuki. He raced for two years, 17 wins in 50 career starts for 34% win percentage, best of his career. In contrast to six years with Honda, 121 races, he got 18 wins, nothing, not bad, but that's only 15% win percentage. So you look at Suzuki, you look at Honda, you look at, you compare and contrast those things. He was twice as successful on a Suzuki. So I look at the switch to Suzuki and maybe that's, maybe that's a happy place for Kenny. Maybe that's the place where Ken Roxon feels really comfortable, Weege. Well, he would certainly hope so. You know he's going to start the season strong. He always does, regardless of brand. And we've been talking about that quite a bit, Daniel, about uh, his success in the past with that brand. Yeah, if he's going to make an impact, we can almost guarantee it's going to come early in the championship. So don't be surprised if he's really, really good in January. Uh, Clinton, if you're looking at those stats and the success he had on uh, on Suzuki, 2016, uh, let's narrow the scope on that season, indoor and outdoor, pretty impressive. I'd say maybe the best of his career. Oh, for sure, the best of his career, and quite frankly, one of the best all times. 12th best in terms of number of wins in a season. So 29 races between Supercross and Motocross, 14 wins. The thing that sticks out for me is 16 times fastest lap. Um, So eight times in Supercross, eight times in in Motocross. So a phenomenal season. And then the last piece that you can't forget about in, in 2016 in the Pro Motocross Series, Roxon had 20 moto wins out of 24 motos. That's the fifth best all time. So clearly the Suzuki treated him nicely in, in 2016 as well as 2015, but especially 2016. So my gut says that the switch to Suzuki is his happy place. He's had a ton of success there and there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to get a win. And, you know, dare we say maybe he can contend with those guys for, for the championship. Yeah, the championship is really the key thing. Now, look, we all know it's almost every time you bring up Ken Roxon, you have to mention the massive arm injury uh, from Anaheim in 2017. Obviously, that has probably tempered the Honda stats a bit, but it always goes back to the same thing with Roxon. A, we talk about the arm injury, and B, we talk about getting that Supercross title. So uh, Mitch Kendra at Racer X, who I work with, he came up with the stat. Roxon is now the winningest rider in Premier Supercross class history to not have a title. Clinton does that not exactly encapsulate the career of Ken Roxon. He's won 20 mains. That's more than anyone who has not won the premier class title. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think about. He joins a couple of other names I think we were talking about before. Um, you know, you get Ken Roxon, you got Damon Bradshaw and, and Kevin Windham there with 20 wins, 19 and 18 wins. These are guys that you just, amazing riders, incredible talent, um, and just haven't put the title together, which is, is, is really surprising and shocking in, in so many ways. Daniel, it's not not always the story with Roxon. Like the standard we judge him to is essentially title or bust. He's had great seasons where we say, ah, didn't get it done. Unfairly, in my opinion. And you can look at it from a number of different directions. But for me, it's look how successful he's been indoor and outdoor. Not a lot of guys have been able to be good in both. But winning that Supercross championship is going to hang over him it, like it did Eli Tomac for a long time. So for Kenny, the ultimate goal would be to win that championship, to put that to rest. But at the same time, 20 wins, uh, I mean, to have 20 Supercross wins and have the all-time numbers that he has, that's impressive. So it's you could look at it from a number of different ways. All right. That's what we do on this show. Clint, we'll bring you back next week as we preview Anaheim 1. As always, thanks for making us sound smart.
Good to talk, guys. All right, that's Clinton Fowler and Fowler's Facts. I'm Jason. This is Daniel. That's it. We're one week away, essentially, from Anaheim. You'll have a live press conference Friday before the race, and they'll be racing on January 7th. It's here. Yeah, fingers crossed. No bad weather. California's been uh, under assault for the last month or so. So uh, clear, beautiful skies in Anaheim, folks. That's what we're chasing. (laughs) That's right. They're always trying to bust the drought there in Southern California. We just don't want them to do it uh, the first full Saturday after the first full week of the year at Angel Stadium. That's it. We'll be back with another episode of SMX Insider next week to preview that round one of a brand new championship season in the Super Motocross World Championship. He's Daniel Blair. I'm Jason Wygant. See you then.